0: Hi everyone, the Engaged HR podcast is of course brought to you by Engagedly, a progressive performance management and people enablement platform. What we discuss on this podcast is everything from performance and engagement topics to Aaron Adams making some of the best dad jokes of all time. I am your host, William Miller. Let's get started. Get straight into it. Well, everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, We have a star-studded uh, podcast for you today. Um, and I'll kind of introduce both of you kind of going forward here. The, the viewers of the podcast already know Aaron and I. Um, but today we have Jonathan Fear and Sean Burns from Coupa. Um, I'll let you both kind of introduce yourselves uh, in that order. Jonathan, if you'll go first, that'd be great.
1: Sure. Uh, and thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Jonathan Fear. I am the vice president
2: of Coupa University for Coupa Software. And I'm Sean Burns. I head up global L&D for Coupa and we are part of the Coupa University team. I've been part of uh, Coupa officially for almost a year, but I was an external for three and a half years, so I'm very familiar with the team. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Yeah. And then that kind of goes with our topic today, which is the virtualization of the employee experience within that kind of L&D environment. And one question that uh, kind of we'll kick off with, it's not specifically about that, but what's one thing that you would change before kind of all the COVID-19 coronavirus things has taken an effect?
1: I'll start. I think I've got a two-part answer to that, which oh, is, uh, you know, the the office visits. And so, being a global organization, the opportunity to visit the offices and be able to experience their culture firsthand, uh, it was just something that that really I drew a lot of energy out of, and I think it was, has really helped us define what our cultural uh, adaptation is moving forward. And so uh, with those office visits, I also miss food. I miss going out. I miss uh, a global uh, palette really want to get back to that.
0: Yeah. Well, what's, what's, that, what's that one food before Sean goes that, that you want the
1: most once you're, once you're out? Well, I just said global palette, but you know that first thing <laughs> that I want, uh, I want some hot wings again. Okay, nice,
3: all right. Nice. Spicy guy, Jonathan, you like oh, spicy yeah. hot wings? Oh, I love oh, it, yeah. I love, great answer
2: jonathan's just plain adventurous we're in india delivering a few leadership workshops and culture workshop and jonathan sees a a shack by the side of the road he's happy to hop out and grab i don't know if it's what kind of food it is and he digs in and just eats it i think man i wouldn't even survive that (laughs) crazy yeah crazy well it's sean what about yourself Uh, probably three things i'll share two one is From a personal standpoint, most of my family live within five minutes of me. I can stop by anytime, have fun, laugh. They won't let me into their homes. So I miss that part. Uh, Normally they do. Sorry, it's just having to do with the virus. (laughs) Uh, So that I miss from a personal standpoint. From work, it's really about the connections. It's walking into the office with colleagues I really respect and enjoy. It's walking into a room where I'm going to facilitate a workshop and thinking, how do i engage these people how do i hopefully open their eyes to a new perspective or inspire them to behave in a different way not being able to do that and feel that personally is is something that i miss
0: yeah sure for sure yeah i i miss going to the office too i think that's one of the biggest biggest parts you know we engaged Lisa um, in the St. Louis offices you know we're a small team but we're all pretty connected with each other so not seeing everybody is uh, is kind of kind of different um, but I'll kind of kick us off into our first question and I'll let kind of Aaron take a little bit from here um, but based on kind of your experience what helps companies successfully navigate that shift to the virtual Virtualization of L and I'm just struggling with that word today.
1: Virtualization of L and D. I, I, th- I think it really starts with understanding what virtualization is and the impact that it can have, the scalability that it can have. Um, you know, too, too many times companies will get locked into that. We need to have people in a room and understanding that there is value in being able to, to go virtual uh, and, and showing similar results in terms of going virtual. So, you know, once you have that vision, then I think a few things tie to it, which is uh, a strong company culture is always going to help. So if you've got that company culture uh, from a instructor-led in-person type uh, process, and and you want to make that shift over to virtualization, you know, that the village or the supporting members of your team are really gonna help uh, navigate that fairly smoothly. Uh, With that culture, then you also need some executive leadership, right? You need executive leadership, you need support, you need guidance, you need alignment, uh, because that is absolutely going to help with the shift to virtualization. Uh, And then I think lastly is particularly now, and I think it's something that we focused on very, very heavily early on, and it served us well as being hyper-responsive to need, right? Understanding that, hey, people have immediate needs, and we can get some immediate trainings and learnings out there to help them get through this transitional shift or this fundamental change in our work habits. Uh, and, and, and so really being responsive to the needs and listening, you know, listen to your audience, right? Understand what the needs of your audience are. That's, that's critical. Sean, what are your thoughts on that?
2: There have been <clears throat> so many different challenges and, and things just come at us. Now, we, we had a whole plan mapped out for the entire year in terms of what we we're going to roll out when, how we're going to support the learning in different ways. And a wrench was thrown into all that. And then it's how do you respond to the immediate needs of the team while still keeping the, the plan moving forward as best we can? So it's really in that sense, it was really about being flexible. And and one thing that we're fortunate at Cooper, we are a technology company. And we have people who joined our company to be part of a technology company because they enjoyed learning new technologies. We have Matt Rosenthal's on our team and he just embraces any new technology. So we were working with Zoom a long time before. We had other different ways of creating e-learning and we prioritized that. So we were really fortunate that the transition was pretty smooth in that respect. Mm-hmm. We have an operations team who helps us think through, okay, we were going to approach it this way. How can we approach it that way now based on the, the needs that people are expressing? So we're, we've been really fortunate that way. So,
3: so you said something there that was, I liked what you said, like you had this plan mapped out for the year. Right. And that plan went out the window, right? You, you're like, oh, right. the environment dictated a different pace. So as you think about the unexpected, right? When you and Jonathan are thinking about this transition you had to make, what are some of those surprises you had? What's the what's the good stuff, like that you were just amazed by that you probably couldn't even have foreseen? And what's the what's some of the bad things, like the booby traps that that arose that you just couldn't miss? Um, what tell us a little bit about your experiences in in that transition uh, and some of those surprises, the good and the bad.
2: John, do you want
1: to kick that one off? Sure. So, and it ties exactly to what you were just saying, Sean. I mean, quite frankly, is for for me the initial surprise, if you will, really positive surprise. Uh, not entirely unexpected, but was just a realization of how well positioned we are as uh, as a university, right? We we we're in the cloud. We were ready to migrate very fast to a true virtualization process. Uh, And then, you know, as you said, Sean, look, the, the team adaptability. I mean, the fact of the matter is we did have a plan and I don't know that we threw that plan out necessarily. What happened is that plan just adapted we had to add in a whole bunch of micro steps into our overall plan so are we still executing against what our initial plan was and driving to the results of what the l d team had planned you know back in january before we knew this was coming yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and so, seeing that adaptability of the team and the openness to change of everybody, understanding, hey, we still have to get to that goal, uh, and our path is going to change a little bit. That to me was a just a, a fantastic, wonderful surprise. Um, I think the on a personal level, you know, I I find it really interesting the deeper connections that I believe, at least personally, I'm making within this, which is, uh, you know, the I, I now have an understanding i know people's uh children by name and by face i know their pets i know their habits their uh you know their their hobbies and things that you know i de- wasn't necessarily so uh deep in knowledge before and so for me i think that was an unexpected surprise that um it was a, it was a learning of myself quite frankly and, and i think that was that was really good and and you know knock on wood here no bad surprises that I've seen so far. I mean, we've been able to anticipate everything. We've been on top of it. I think it's served us very well in that regard.
2: I a couple of thoughts there. One, one thing that we had worked on over the past year plus is driving attendance at our programs, particularly when people had already signed up. You know, if, if something comes up and it's business critical, people are gonna pull out of learning all the time. We had worked out a system to drive accountability much more effectively, engaging with learners, managers, et cetera. So that was working really well. Then we switched to virtual and that accountability is even lower. Their feeling of accountability is, I'm not taking someone's seat. I'm not going to a room and then I'm gonna disappear so it's gonna, uh, people are gonna feel bad about it. So we've had to try to figure out how do we adapt in that way and continue to drive accountability. That, that was one unforeseen challenge but I will say that at Coupa, we get challenged all the time by our CEO and by our managers to think about how do we scale our solutions. And that's not just in learning. That's in, in the, the business as well. So we were already doing our performance development discussions during the focal review process. All those we moved to virtual. We did interviewing with intent. I had delivered that for a few years in person. We moved that all to virtual prior to this at the end of last year. We have a presentation skills forum that is virtual, our flagship manager program, this manager development program that we piloted last year, it was half virtual and half in-person last year. We decided in November, we're just gonna make this virtual because we have to scale it. We have, for a company our size, we're not quite 2000 people, we have like 16 offices. There's no way that we can deliver our solutions learning-wise in-person, we just can't do it. So we already had to adapt based on the challenge that unique challenge that we have the size of our company and the way we were positioned.
1: Yeah, you're right, Sean. I mean, even double downing on some of those things like, like you talked about our performance reviews uh, goals that we're setting for the employees and tracking of those, the 360 process. We're just running for, you know, uh, a whole bunch of the leadership team right now. I mean, these are all things that were planned out ahead of time and we know, Hey, that's not going to slow down in this time of us uh, working remotely.
3: Yeah. I like when you, you, you talked about that leadership aspect and accountability. How'd you, Sean and Jonathan, how'd you engage them in the process? Like what, what, how, what role did they play in this transformation uh, as you were working through it?
2: So interesting. Ray Martinelli is the head of HR at Coupa. And uh, he really emphasized with his peers and with the CEO how important it was for them to engage in this process in fairness to them or full credit to them, they jumped all over it. So all we've had to do with the execs is to create a smooth, easy experience. So we need to provide the forum for them. I I don't know if Jonathan just mentioned, but we had all of the execs. So the direct reports of our CEO, when when Ray asked them to participate in meeting the new hires, we had 86 new hires join in, in March. And we created three different forums for the execs to meet with each of those 86 over the course of that, uh, over those three days. Every one of them raised their hand and said, I'm totally in. Let me do it. We had three execs on every call. Uh, All we did, we provided that forum. Ray explained to them the impact that they would have if they engaged, because these people are joining the company in this crazy time. It's unlike anyone else has ever joined Coupa. So they were really empathetic about that. They were all, then our job was just to make it as easy as possible for them, get clarity around talking points, have a clear plan about how they're going to engage. And they just went with it and they really enjoyed it. They had fun with it. They joked around with the new hires and they thanked all the new hires for joining and their resilience and fortitude during this time. It was inspiring.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Engagedly at also, you know, we're, we're in that kind of hiring process as well. You know, we're taking on new interns. We're taking on a new people on our team as well. And the, uh, you know, a couple interns working with me, it, it's interesting to see how responsive they are to your emails and like how reactive they are to different things. And then linking them with, with material that's going to help them be successful. I've, I've found on like a personal level. It's been it's much easier. You know, I'm, I'm not in the office with them. So I'm actually directly linking them to things they should be, they should be looking at and learning about on the engagedly side. Um, What's the lesson there. That's kind of interesting.
2: It's sort of counterintuitive, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's it's odd because you know you have that personal conversation. You're like, "Hey, you should watch um, like this uh, last week's podcast on this if you want to learn about this." You say that in person, but then you forget to like kind of write it down or email it out. But now that we're like emailing stuff out or chatting via like Google Chat or what have you, it's like it's it's there in writing. Like <laughs> and then they do it, and you're like, "Oh, right. this is this is something else." Um, but yeah, and then, you know, with that being said, and talking about employees and them coming on with this process and then the kind of negative aspect, what's, what's being overlooked or what's something that you think is kind of being overlooked with these new hires or just the employee experience in
2: general? So I think the obvious thing that they do get still is we impart knowledge. So that, that doesn't go away. That's, that's odd. We have to do that to help them do their job but they're missing out on connecting with people, on meeting their team members, feeling part of the organization. We have to make sure that we focus more holistically on the onboarding process. So it's not just, how do you do your job? Uh, Where do you sit? Because now they're sitting at home. Uh, We need to make sure they're feeling connected to the organization, part of the culture, know who their team members are and who's gonna support them where their resources are, we have to be really a lot more intentional about that yeah, yeah absolutely
0: absolutely and, and, and John Jonathan, what, what about yourself
1: I, I mean it's exactly what Sean said, and, and I think some of the things that we focused on was when we look at that holistic approach of the employee experience, you know we want to look at it from the standpoint of all the way from the interview to you know ongoing personal and professional development and so uh, we want to make sure that if you look at where where could the gaps be in a time like this and as sean mentioned on that in that onboarding piece how do we how do we really welcome people in we don't have the opportunity to bring them in and sit down with a group of their peers or a cohort of new hires and so how do we do that and similar to what you were mentioning william we've got a a, a intern program and so what do we do to really help uh, allow those people to become part of the culture and understand the shared responsibility that we all have in terms of a positive addition to the culture and driving results and customer success. Uh, And so you look at some of the things that we've added in, which is, you know, number one, um, you know, start at the manager level, help the managers have the tools, training and workshops to be able to properly Uh, work with their teams, not only from an onboarding experience, but also then from an ongoing development experience, provide those tools, you know, really be in their face with those tools to to help them with that. Uh, And you look at, you know, onboarding, Sean mentioned, I mean, look, we have three execs in meeting every single one of our new hires, whether they be here in Pune, India or Dublin, Ireland, right? Uh, You know, we have our CEO, who's going to be meeting with the interns directly. Uh, And so there's, we look at the employee experience and say, these are the things we want everybody, every employee to go through, but now let's identify gaps when we're in a distributed remote uh, workplace right now. How do we then double down and make sure that we've got some sort of, of integrated approach? And so, uh, you know, really understanding, and go back to the question, which is, you know, what what are the gaps or, you know, the overlooked parts? It's looking holistically across it and saying, okay, What do we need to change now because of this? Um, And so that's, that's, I think, something that we did a pretty good job of. Yeah,
3: that, that sounds pretty, that sounds pretty effective. I like how you laid out that plan. So if you're, you know, I think this employee experience this rebranding of HR that we're seeing a lot of times is, is something that is increasingly becoming that trend. I mean, I, you know, these integrated experience, like I said, beginning to end, what's the holistic view? Um, what's the touch points, reinforcing the culture. So if you had, if you and Sean had to step back and say, okay, here's this person, right? They're designing this L and D function centered around the employee experience what feedback would you give them kind of starting this off?
1: Uh, you know, basic project management, if you will, in the sense <laughs> of, look, you, you've, you've got to have a vision, right? You have to understand what does this thing look like? What is that experience that you're trying to create? Once you have that vision, then it's a matter of getting in alignment, not only with the executive team, uh, but with the L&D team. And then with the supporting managers, right? And once you've got that alignment, then it's just a matter of let's make a plan, right? Let's, let's make a plan and have dates associated with when we're gonna be able to deliver this. We like, Sean and I started this conversation. We had a very specific plan of activities that we wanted to do from a learning and development team uh, throughout 2020, and we're gonna to stick to that plan. Things might shift a little bit, and you know, again, the the path to get there might change, but that plan, those goals have not shifted. Uh, and then I think the other thing is, you know, always challenge the status quo. We, we're, we're always looking back after every single one of our events that we run, what could we have done differently? How could we do better? We're running surveys with people, we're really trying to understand, hey, this isn't us saying, this is how you become part of the culture and this is how we onboard you and this is your experience. It is understanding what is the experience that people are really looking for, making sure are, are, are we driving to those results. I think that's that's my thoughts on it. Sean, what do you think? Yeah,
2: that's good. Related to that, frankly, we use your platform to focus on our goals, to craft our goals, and to stay uh, hold each other accountable to those goals. And that's something that's really, really important for our L&D function and for us to help the rest of the organization understand how do you get really clear about those goals, how do you get really clear about expectations, help the rest of the organization do that particularly around a time like right now one thing that was really interesting we did a manager forum basically saying how do you manage in a time of crisis like this Mm -hmm. and we kept asking them out of you guys how, how many of your teams have really had to change their goals based on the current situation and to a person they all said our goals have not changed we're really clear with our team about what our goals were we set them at the beginning of the year They have not shifted. It's going to be a little bit more challenging to get there, but our goals are our goals. And they're really clear about that. So that has been really helpful for us, staying really grounded in those. And that the platform has helped us do that.
3: Yeah. I love the goal setting aspect. I mean, that clarity around the expectations and having that, you know, that point of reference gives us a little bit of, you know, comfort. Right, because we have something that stays pretty common, and that that language that's persisted pre you know predates this what we're experiencing. Um, so that's a I like that example from both you and Jonathan in terms of you know the way to set others up for success. And I know our listeners will love that what you gave in their narrative. Now shifting gears, like one of the things when we're talking about uh, is what we're all experiencing. And I say people ask me about the new normal, and I say well it's change. So tell us from your perspectives, you know, as we think of L and D and then that change management. Why is change management so important during this time?
2: It's, we gotta figure out how to, how to just engage in very different ways. And people have to understand that what they're feeling, the frustration is totally normal, really frustrating. We need to be empathetic about it. We also got a business to run. We got work to do. So we gotta figure out how do we deal with those emotions that we're experiencing traverse our way through that curve, end up somewhere, maybe not on the other side, but somewhere along that change curve to be able to operate and to be able to be effective so the business can keep running.
3: Yeah, I like that you're like using that model, the change curve. As you think about that change curve, what's what's the most challenging, you know, phase that they go through in your experience in terms of like training people, teaching people about the change management process that that you find that is the hardest part of the, the change curve to, to manage when you're teaching others about it?
2: Well, it's, it's really interesting. So we, we've been uh, doing a navigating change workshop during this particular time. And good luck with the denial phase. That ain't <laughs> happening. Okay. Uh, this isn't an order change that you get to decide I'm in or I'm out. You can't deny it. So there is real frustration, that anger part. We can't really even bargain. People, get, people are really stressed out. That's really the, the, the biggest challenge is one thing we talked about in that Navigating Change Workshop, a big change that is on the horizon is we got another month of this at least. So it's one way. Three weeks ago when we first started talking about that course, it was kind of new and novel and frustrating and scary, but it hadn't worn us down to the degree that it's worn us down now. So we have to build up those muscles to just fight through that, frustration and uh, slogging through that the biggest change is that this is going to change for a while and it's going to be tougher and tougher as we go forward. Yeah yeah that's great
0: yeah that's that's a really good point I you know speaking with you know people you know just kind of across industries um, some of my friends people people in in our kind of space you know we're thinking about forward you know what things going to be opening up you know a lot of a lot of people are thinking next month but you know, when we talk to other people at maybe in like logistics or something like that, they're like, well, it might be September, October, but, you know, but, you know, we have to like, understand that people are going to get more frustrated as we go on, but we have to find out ways to kind of help them cope, cope with that and things like that. Um, and then with that being said, you know, we have a lot of inconsistence right now. What are the things that are consistent are things that kind of haven't changed, um, kind of going forward with that whole, I like, kind of change management type of thing. Either Sean or Jonathan.
1: And so I think, uh, you know, at least for us, look, what, what hasn't changed is change to begin with. I mean, we, we were, we're in an ever-evolving uh, industry, right? And so, you know, change doesn't change, uh, but there are some foundational elements that really help us navigate change. And that is... Uh, the company core values. So we've got three core values of ensuring customer success, focusing on results and striving for excellence. And I mean, that that's really what drives each one of us to accomplish things on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and, and so those core values haven't changed in any way and our company culture hasn't changed in any way. Uh, and so there's always going to be change around that. Uh, but understanding that somebody else has got your back, I think that is really important. I mean, William, you were just talking about people coming back that in and of itself is change. We just had meetings this morning internally about, okay, when people come back, we're going to actually have to work with them related to that change. What's going to happen when you come back? What happens when you get in an elevator with three other people? Uh, or will that even be allowed? And, you know, how are you going to handle your workspace and an open office? You know, I mean, these are all things that we have to really consider. So that change is constant and making sure that we have those guideposts of our company values, our company culture, our village approach, uh, you know, those are things that will help guide us through that change.
2: Another point that's really consistent is like you guys, we have a bunch of employees who are really driven, who want to achieve, who want to succeed. So we just need to get out of their way sometimes and, and Mm. remove some of those obstacles for them to feel like they can continue to be successful in this environment. And if we can do that, that, is uh very calming for them that they get to continue to be successful so that 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 remains really consistent with our team and i'm sure with your team as well yeah
3: i like how you say getting out of the way i mean sometimes it's that easy right just get out of the way and you know let people feel comfortable in doing what they're doing Uh, now one of the things as we talk about change i i always like to just you know as practitioners just kind of bring it up resistance right we, we see resistance to change consistently so As you're going through some of these changes, whether, you know, they're marginal or they're more significant changes, uh, Sean, did you experience any resistance to change um, as you're going through some of this stuff? And and then if so, how did you overcome it? Was it a personal endeavor that you helped them on or was it more systemic?
2: So like I said before, the denial right now is just about impossible. Resistance, frankly, is kind of futile because, (laughs) The, the challenge isn't going anywhere. The, we're, we're stuck this way. So people have to sit there and really face in a very stark way what's in front of them. What I found to help them through that is empathy, is just listening. When we have had our Navigating Change workshop, what we start with is the personal side to say, what's going on with you guys? What is the most difficult challenge you're facing? What's really frustrating you? Simply giving them the opportunity to unload what's, what's worrying them. And, and the feedback that we've gotten is what they've gotten most out of it is hearing, yeah, they want to share their own, but they hear their peers struggling with exactly the same thing. They hear other managers feeling even more frustrated that they can't impact their teams the way, they, the, way, the way they want to. So providing that forum for them to express themselves, listening say, yeah, we, we completely hear that, and you're not alone that way, that's worth the price of admission for them. We share a few best practices at the end, but what they keep coming back and saying is, yeah, thanks a lot for curating all those best practices for us. We're glad you did that, but what I really, really liked is hearing what everyone was going through.
3: Yeah, I, I like what you, I like how you came full circle with what Jonathan was saying too, and what you guys started with, where you're like listening, empathy, right? That listening and being empathetic during this time, that's, that's powerful, so I liked your example there. Um, Yeah, so I appreciate that, Sean, that was a great
2: response.
1: You know, Aaron, just to tie into that real quickly is that that empathy doesn't just stop at, uh, you know, the personal level and or the L and D level. We Absolutely. also had sessions with managers very early on when this first happened. We wanted to sit down with the managers and host workshops to talk about, you know, what it means to lead remotely. You know, in some cases, you know, you might have had a manager that was leading a local team. So others were very, very experienced in remote leadership. And so bringing those people together and allowing them to share uh, you know best practices and learnings I think is is really critical, and then, on the empathy side of the house we we wanted people to understand that they might need to change the way that they lead and the way that they support those individuals that they 're working with in the sense of work now is here it 's in your home uh, and, and you know people have children, they have pets, they have you know dogs that scream when when the male person shows up right. Uh, this is a really unique time when managers need to be extraordinarily empathetic and say that, "Look, your schedule may shift. I may not be able to get you at eight o'clock in the morning any longer because now you're setting your skid up your your child up with their virtual schooling or making breakfast at a time that you didn't have to before, and so you know I think that also is extremely important is for the managers to be very very empathetic about the uh, you know the fact that they are now coming into the living room the home of these people
2: that they're supporting
3: yeah that's a great example
1: and
2: yeah. facilitating, facilitating those workshops has been interesting because i'll share a brilliant idea that we came up with in our eyes it was brilliant anyway oh yeah that's great <laughs> anyway, <laughs>
3: uh,
2: they'll say anyway uh, jp someone who's a participant uh, can you share with us when uh, you handled it when the baby was crying when you are talking to the manager Or Carol, can you tell us about how this happened? They didn't care about what the facilitator had to say. They want to share those ideas. They want to hear what people are facing. And again, it's just providing that forum. Like you guys are providing this platform here. It's great. Yeah,
0: it's, you know, and that kind of ties into kind of our last part. Being cognizant is is one of those things as far as understanding, hey, there's going to be background noise from here to there. There might be a screaming baby. There might be a kid running in there and hitting their mom. It's going to happen. Um, and then for kind of closing thoughts, you know, what advice, uh, Jonathan and Sean, would you kind of give kind of our listeners uh, going forward kind of during this time, as you guys said, you know, we're going to be in this for another month or even longer. Um, what advice would you kind of give them and other companies during this time?
1: I mean, for, for me, I, I look at this as it's a. It's an opportunity for metamorphosis, right? It's it's we are in a chrysalis stage right now where yes, we are all locked in our homes and we have this bubble around us, but what are the things that we can do where we come out and become that much stronger? That this isn't necessarily such a Uh, a challenge as much as just a a really a a strong opportunity to come out better. I mean, the the conversations that I've been having with the entire Kuba University team from operations to L&D to uh, enablement uh, to to our, our development team. I mean, all of these are great. We're developing these scalable models that we can use moving forward, we're developing learnings that we can use moving forward. We don't need to go back to the old way. There's opportunity for advancement. And then with that, I think another kind of key thought or, or piece of advice is, you know, have an appreciation for work well done. Uh, I mean, we're the I I wake up just in amazement what the U team is doing right now and how adaptable we've been and how responsive to the needs of the organization and, you know. Thanks to Sean and the rest of the team. We've we've done some amazing things. And I want to double down on that investment uh, and, and continue to build great, great things with this team. Cause this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We get to walk away from this and and potentially hang our hat on something very special and say,
2: damn, we did well. Right. Yeah. So, That's awesome. From my perspective, one is being really proactive. And I would say out of our team, I probably the least proactive. Ray and Jonathan, Matt, have, they've been really proactive in thinking about what what do we need to do to really have an impact here? Uh, I've been part of the execution of it, but they've been really forward thinking about that. So being proactive, thinking what what does our organization need from us right now? It's different from what they needed from us a month ago. The other part is empathy, just really listening, trying to understand what is it that everyone else is going through. It's hard to step out of our own shoes right now because our shoes is really confusing right now, and it's really challenging, but we have to do that. Also, humility in terms of none of us have a crystal ball. We don't know what's coming, so let's not pretend we have all the answers. Let's support our teams, listen to what challenges they're having, and and figure out how we address those. And the final point related to what Jonathan said, we have that our our three core values and strive for excellence is the third core value. And that's really about continuing to get better all the time. And we keep saying in these workshops, it would be foolish for us to pretend this isn't a brutal challenge for all of us to face, but we also have an opportunity to come out of this better and stronger and find new ways to approach for us learning for the rest of the business, different solutions. We could really benefit from this time
0: yeah absolutely one uh one thing i'll say kind of it's for on a personal level it's driven me you know you always give as a contributor just like a hundred percent into your job but as an active employee of engagedly or just my company in general i've been much more active as far as you know recognizing people you know making sure like i'm highlighting the customer success Mm -hmm. team that's just crushing it right now there's i mean a lot of our clients are kind of moving to total work from home and that's you know something that we're really having to help with um so they're just like crushing it with my clients and Aaron's clients you know us working with that um and I'll also kick it to Aaron to kind of highlight some of the other stuff too
2: it's fun yeah, to I, see that it's really yeah. fun. To, it's fun to hear that that is happening
0: yeah, I mean,
3: I, I, Jonathan, I like what you said that, you know, this is a metamorphosis. and I was actually saying that to, um, in passing the other day. So I like the, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the way you're framing that narrative, uh, I, I, I'm aligned with as well. I, I think it's an opportunity, right, that we see uh, every challenge is an opportunity to some degree. It's how we frame it, right. So we help people frame the context, we help them rethink about it. And I think it's that rethinking, reframing, listening with empathy, all the things that you talked about and touched upon between um, Sean and Jonathan, those things. If we can do those things, I mean, we're we're taking a lot of the we're taking a lot of the work away from what this is taking away from us. So uh, I, I like it. I think I'm I'm aligned with what you guys were sharing too as well. And as practitioners, I think it's you know it's having these narratives and sharing them, and also like having the dialogues with one another too in these collegial settings to where we can just share with each other because we learn from you in these moments, and you are. Other clients will learn from you too as well. So we appreciate the opportunity just to have a moment and just share and learn from one another. So uh, I appreciate it. Um, so thanks for both of you sharing your opinions and, and your thoughts with us today.
1: So, Thank and, and, and thanks for putting programs like this together to, to, to try and help others, right? We're, we're all learning through this. And so it's it's great that you're putting together that framework for, for
2: your colleagues. And so, yeah. this, this is a good opportunity for us to, crystallize our thoughts on, on our approach. and how, So thanks for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, that's what um, the kind of impetus of like, what engaged this podcast was all about. Um, launching it during this time, I think it's important. You know, we're bridging people together and we're bridging ideas together as well. Cause you know, we're, we're in an environment where ideas are you're kind of sitting in your office, you might be connecting with people, but now we're able to kind of crystallize ideas together, you know, with other companies as well. But Sean and Jonathan, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, and thanks for being on. Um, Wonderful. Thank Thank
1: you, thanks. Wonderful.
0: Thanks for having us. Good luck. Safe. All right. safe. Bye everyone. Thanks Bye. for listening.